Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com. John 1.14 has been our theme verse this whole season. I just want to read it to you. It says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. This is one of those verses that you could spend an enormous amount of time thinking about, meditating on, studying, because there's so much richness to it. Um, I want to I just hone in on three specific themes found in this verse that bring us good news in this season. Uh, number one, I want to talk about a, a Jesus who's filled with empathy. Number two, a Jesus who is founded on truth. And lastly, a Jesus who is full of grace. Uh, the first point is that in John 1, 14, says that the Word became flesh. And there's a level of empathy and sympathy and compassion that comes along with that Word. Because the Word, the Greek word logos, which is a strong, abstract, cosmic type word, all of a sudden gets really intimate. That the Apostle John reminds us that this force, this divine cosmic thing actually became human. And in that, you, you just have to say that, that Jesus didn't come, the word didn't come as some sort of political system, some sort of military leader, some sort of even religious structure. He came as flesh, as human being. And what that does is it creates this sense within us. Uh, God can empathize with everything you're going through. And our world desperately needs that right now. Matter of fact, UCSD has been doing some research and recently came out with the disappointing news that three quarters of American adults are saying that they're experiencing mid to high levels of loneliness. It's not a surprise based on the last couple of years we've gone through. Um, Harvard University in their study pointed out that it's, it's hitting young people, 18 to 25 year olds, the hardest. That despite all of the tools we have for the connectivity, our souls are longing to be known and to be loved and that's exactly what Christmas is really all about, that the Word became flesh. That if there's, a, if there's a feeling that you're in the middle of a crowd and no one sees you, no one knows you, no one knows your own pain, your story, there is one who does. It's one who's acquainted with everything that you're going through. And that's the beautiful news about this season. You see, I think that when we focus on the resurrection, we see the victory of God's love. And when we hear about the crucifixion, we think about the sacrifice of God's love, and the life of Jesus teaches us about the way of God's love, but it's the incarnation, it's the message of Christmas that gives us something about the nearness of God's love. And that's what this is all about, that there is a God who came near. A matter of fact, the, the word Emmanuel, the name given to Jesus, literally means God with us. And I'm praying that this season that you would feel a nearness of Jesus at a deep level of intimacy like you would a friend that you are known inside and out. Someone does know whether, whether it's your pain, your grief, your joy, your dreams, your hopes. There is a God who knows you intimately and knows you well. 
Second thing I want to just draw from this verse is that it says that we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And I don't know about you, when I hear that, I think of like we've seen His glory and it's kind of this heavenly, majestic language. But a lot of theologians agree that John is talking practically here. He says, we've seen Him. There's an eyewitness element to what I'm writing to you about. This is not a fairy tale. This is not a myth. This is not a legend. Jesus actually came. We've seen him. And even 2,000 years later, we live in a culture that values an eyewitness account, and especially in a culture that is questioning all, everything that says there's truth. The one thing we hold on to is the level of experience. And John's saying, we had that experience. We have seen him. And there's just something comforting in that when everything that feels like it should be sure and true feels um, dangerously fragile. And there's something assuring of knowing like, oh no, we serve a God who has been seen, who came from the Father. I've been thinking a lot about C.S. Lewis, um, kind of one of the greatest intellectual thinkers of our day, who served in World War I and afterwards started becoming a professor at Oxford. And was known for being a very pronounced and um, respected atheist because of the suffering that he had seen in the war. But it was around that time that he started realizing that actually the more he thought about the truth claims of who Jesus was, the more he found himself having nowhere else to go but to believe. I just want to read you some of, um, some of the things that he said based on a radio conversation that was later turned into a book called Mere Christianity. He says, If there's a controlling power outside the universe, it cannot show itself to us as one of the facts inside the universe. No more, no more than an architect of a house could actually be a wall or a staircase or a fireplace in that house. The only way in which we could expect it to show itself would be inside ourselves as an influence or command trying to get us to behave in a certain way. And that is just what we, do, what we find ourselves inside ourselves. Surely this ought to arouse suspicions. Later on he says, My argument against God, when he was an atheist, was that the universe seemed so cruel and unjust. But how had I got this idea of just and unjust? A man does not call a line crooked unless he has some ideal of a straight line. What was I comparing this universe with when I called it unjust? If the whole universe has no meaning, we should never have found out that it has no meaning. Just as if there was no light in the universe and therefore no creatures with eyes, we should never know it was dark. And I love that John opens up his Christmas story, his nativity story, saying, Listen, this is not just some heartwarming tale. It is something that is concrete and true. So if you're struggling even with doubt, this season, would you be reminded that we have the true and the reasonable uh, testimony of Jesus Christ that we get to lean into and everything else feels uncertain. Jesus is certain, which leads us to our last, my last thought, is that says that the word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. And I love that phrase because it kind of catches you off guard because normally we think of grace as a reactive response, right? Like you give grace to someone who's done wrong. 
You give grace to someone who's owed mercy. But this doesn't show grace after the cross. It shows grace before the incarnation. He came already full of grace. And that's an incredible concept to think about. The only way I can kind of describe this, a little bit of a hoke analogy, is um, Augustine recently, uh, we were at the store uh, getting some stuff for, for Christmas, and he saw this glass ornament. And he's like, Dad, I want that ornament. And I'm looking at my five-year-old son. I'm like, dude, you, you don't want that ornament because it's glass. It's going to break. And he's like, no, I want that ornament. And so after this cordial five-year-old dad debate, I just said, okay, this is the one you want. I'll get it for you. And I went and paid the price for that ornament. Now, the rest of the day, guess who took care of that ornament? I did. I walked with the ornament. I guarded the ornament. I made sure it was packaged well. I kept the other kids from smashing it. I made sure it was like safe in the car ride home. And when we got home, I gave my son the ornament. And within five minutes, that ornament broke. It's shattered. And he looks at me like, you you told me this was going to happen. And I come alongside my son and I sweep up the pieces Um, We do our best to put it back together and we go and we hang it on the tree in a less exposed spot. But you see, my grace didn't come after the shattered ornament. My grace came in the beginning. It came with the purchase of that ornament, the careful uh, care of that ornament, the transportation of that ornament, uh, the things that he wasn't even aware of. And I love this verse because it says that the The fullness of God's grace did not come after the cross, but it became before. He came full of grace. And some of you who are watching this, the concept of grace might be a really tough concept for you. Not in a theological sense, but in just a personal sense. That you have a hard time being like, well, I've messed up this much. Or I've messed up in the same area so often for so long that maybe grace is tired. And I just want to say... Jesus didn't show up to give you grace just after what you've done to deserve it. He showed up 2,000 years ago full of it, full of grace, which means that grace is extended towards you, which is why in Romans 5, it says that it was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. But I think what John 1.14 is saying is that while we were still sinners, not only did Christ die for us, God came for us, which reminds us once again that the Word became flesh. God's name is Emmanuel. He is drawn near. So if you're dealing with loneliness, would you remember that we serve a God who's empathetic? If you're dealing with doubt, would you remember that we serve a God who has been seen and touched and known? And if you're dealing with a level of shame, could you be just reminded in this season that we serve a God who showed up full of grace. This is the message of Christmas. Would it rest in your heart and would you be blessed this Christmas season? Grace and peace to you. Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com.